And welcome to episode number 68 of the Curveball Podcast. Michaela here and John Barrera. And uh, John, would you like to go ahead and introduce today's guest? Uh, real quick, though, I, I do want to say this is the first time that we have ever done three Curveball Podcasts back-to-back in a week like this. There are three this week, so that's that's pretty cool. So that's a, a, a first for sure this week. Uh, John, go ahead. Yes, we are chugging along, Michaela. Uh, today we have Mr. Rich Paces running for County Commissioner Precinct 2, and our goal today is to introduce Mr. Paces to those who have not had the privilege of meeting him. Mr. Paces, welcome welcome to the Curvo Podcast. Thank you very much, yeah, John and Michaela. Thank you for uh, making time Good for to us here. today. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. All yeah, right. Well, so, John, you want to go ahead and start, or do you just want to introduce yourself yeah, and tell, yeah, us, sure. tell us a little bit about yourself? You bet. Uh, again, Rich Paces, candidate for County Commissioner Precinct 2. And people should know I'm a Christian conservative. Okay. But I'm dedicated to serving my community, and that's really why I'm doing this. Um, you know, to show that dedication, well, since I retired, I'm a volunteer firefighter in Centerpoint. And, and thank that, you for your service. Yeah, by the way. you bet. It, Y'all it, had it's some an big honor and a privilege. There's some amazing people. Uh, I, I've never met a group of such dedicated community servants. Yeah, they, you know they risk their health and lives every time they show up on a scene. So it, it's just amazing. And, and of course, there's no compensation when you're a volunteer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so great group to be part of. I'm also uh, a regular volunteer building homes with Habitat for Humanity in Kerrville. I serve my community. I live in Hidden Hills Ranch in Center Point. And I'm uh, there. I'm director, treasurer, and chairman of the Wildlife Committee. Awesome. That's cool. So, uh, yeah. And, of course, I'm a member of Hosanna Lutheran Church here in Kerrville and support several of their missions. Um, so, as I say, since retiring, I- I've been so blessed, I just want to give back to the community and serve. And it's, it's basically a calling. On the other hand, you know, look, I've got uh, tremendous experience, you know, 36 years in oil and gas, 16 as an executive, in various capacities for different companies. And, and I'd like to share that experience with the commissioner's court. Number one, I think they need another conservative on that court. But, uh, you know, I have a wealth of experience with operations, project management, major capital investments. Mm. I've got great commercial and financial insights. You know, look, guys, I've, I've been personally responsible for annual operating budgets in excess of $1 billion. And I've been involved in several multi-billion dollar capital projects and played key roles in those. So uh, it's extensive experience, and I'm great at uh, prioritizing expenditures, for example. Um, You know, in the oil and gas industry, we've been through ups and downs. So unfortunately, I had to make a lot of difficult decisions that... uh, you know, to cut costs, basically. Mm-hmm. And that affects people's jobs. And it's not easy. At one point, I even <laughs> laid down my own job, much to my wife's dismay. That's wow. when we were in Australia. Were you on the production side? Yes. I've always been on the production side. Yeah, so was my daddy. In that circumstance, it was a very small exploration company. And, and we had minimal production. And I was, a well, the highest paid employee. And so when it was time to cut costs, rather than looking at... at people whose costs were relatively insignificant, I just said, look, let's, let's just part ways. Right now, things are so slow. This was when there was a kind of a recession, if you will, in the oil and gas mm-hmm. industry. So difficult to raise additional funds. And you know, one, one way to not drain them so bad was to 
for me to just go a different path, which I did, as I say, much to my wife's dismay. Because we, we loved living in Australia. It's a great place, great people. Yeah, uh, yeah. Very outdoorsy. I mean, y- y- you can't ask for anything better other so, than the high cost of living. So you were in Australia. What are some other countries that, that you did? Oh, gosh. I've uh, been twice now in Equatorial Guinea. Uh, working for a couple major uh, U.S. oil companies, uh, first Marathon, later Noble Energy. Energy. Um, I was in India a little over 10 years, and somehow I keep getting always pulled back. There's a lot of people who know me and, and keep wanting to uh, get me back there, but that was fantastic. That was, I think, four different assignments over a 10-year period. Wow. Uh, 10 years in countries. It was over a longer period. Because uh, I had a few other opportunities in between that. Yeah, we were uh, in Doha, Qatar, the Persian Gulf. Sure, sure. Yeah, we. I yeah, was there been, for like three there. years. I from the first grade to the third grade. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and I worked in uh, Egypt for three years, and and that was uh, a phenomenal opportunity to see the history, especially at a time when things were relatively calm, and uh, you could get out and see all the monuments and 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 the history along the Nile, but uh, not such an easy place to work. That's a long story, so we won't get into that. Um, yeah, so I guess uh, back to where I'm at, I'm a petroleum engineer by background, right? Mm. So I have a thorough understanding of geology, aquifers, and water, groundwater movement. Water is very and important w- right now. Water is huge right now, and that's one of the issues I'm hearing when I'm out knocking on doors. You know, there's a lot of people who are concerned about are very precious and limited water resources. And what are we going to do about it? Especially in the seeming presence of uncontrolled growth and development. So I think we have to strike the right balance between growth and protecting our precious resources. Yeah. And, and there are efforts underway, but I think we need to really get somebody in there that's got a better background to jumpstart it and, and really get it moving. Because there's so many people who are involved in the whole water availability issue. There's a UGRA, there's Headwaters Groundwater Conservation District, Texas Water Development Board, uh, the city of Kerrville, of course, and the county. And we need a countywide strategy to, you know, long range uh, water supply strategy mm. with real solutions. Um, and some of those solutions are gonna require conservation, expansion of the existing uh, aquifer storage and recovery facilities, as well as uh, acquisition of additional surface water rights would be huge. So there are some other things that have been going on with Headwaters Groundwater Conservation District. You know, number one, they drilled a test well into the Ellenberger formation, and it was successful in that it produced at high rates, but it looks like it's really in communication with some of the other wells we typically produce from either the middle or the lower Trinity formations. And so if we're in communication in the Ellenberger, then effectively it's not a new source. And it's not going to give us new volumes of water that we weren't already more or less tied into through Mm. the communication that's by nature there. So on this, and you're looking at the water, which is very important. We want to have sustainable water. Mm -hmm. But are are you looking at the water to make sure there's more of a supply of water? Is that what you're you're getting at? Or... It's going to take a combination. You know, we yeah. yes, we, we would love to find a greater supply, but there are limits. You know, again, you, you can decrease usage, which has the effect of a positive impact on supply because you're not using them so much. So, again, conservation is going to be important. Um, and, and that aquifer 
storage and recovery system could really come in handy during a uh, sustained severe drought, mm-hmm. which which we have faced before. Uh, many times. And uh, Scary. Yeah. Well, the worst one was 47 to 57. That was 10 years of a severe drought. Now, back in that kind of period of time, according to the census, yeah, we our population here in Kerr County was only around 14,000 people. And we've grown quite a bit since then. We're, we're at, uh, you know, close to 53,000 from the 2020 census, which, frankly, I think is understated i I think as a result yeah we read that the other day they did not you know yeah they were saying find as many people as we really have here so that's just my my feel like it year by year you they were saying like year over year it's only grown by like 187 people a year well year over year for the last five years and yeah i'm not sure where that data comes from because the only official thing we do is every 10 years with the u.s census maybe it's only documented people so i'm joking hey i I don't know but like i say i I think covid look it was a game changer right And, and in terms of finding people to go out knock on doors as we've done in the past you know that didn't happen people didn't answer the door you know i'm sure there are any number of Right issues yeah. associated with why that number is probably understated. Yeah, and no and again, data you like talk that. To realtors, and, yeah. you know, man, no data like yeah. People are moving here. Issue. People are yeah. moving here, and, and so that's that's time. one thing. You know, for a for a family that a family that has small kids that has yeah. a a limited income, um, for them to be able to find housing here, it, it's it's not impossible, but it, it's right. not easy. I agree, uh, to say the least, either. And, and that turns into a uh, workforce issue because sure. if people can't afford the wages to live here and work, they have to move somewhere else in order That's to right. live That's right. where they can find wages there to live and work. So that that puts a lot of people out that are in this area that if they could find housing, would love to live here. Sure. You know, so well, I think you're right. But, you know, it's it's a heck of a dilemma because. You look at all the new development projects and mm. nobody seems to be proposing, you know, an apartment complex, which to me, that's your affordable housing that you're looking for. If you're talking about a workforce that's going to take the, you know, 14 to $20 an hour jobs, right? Because otherwise these developers are coming in, they want to build $200,000 plus condos yeah, yeah. And, and single or even multi uh, dwelling homes. That's not affordable to somebody in that kind of income range. No. So, you know, why are we talking to those kind of developers? And, you know, I, I think it comes down to basic economics. Yeah, the market. You know, the developers the market are going to do whatever they can. But that's where we need to control development, keeping water availability in mind. And do we want to encourage a lot of high-density developments at $200,000 plus per unit? You know, probably not. You know, that's a lot of added impact on our roads, it's not going to give us the workforce we're talking about. So, uh, you know, it, it's just something we have to look at. But there are issues with high-density de- high development. You know, you've got added traffic. There, there's been a lot of talk about putting some of that stuff down in center point. Well, congestion's already horrific on Highway 27 to and from Kerrville. And we've got the EDAP uh, sewer system that, that's going in. It's way behind schedule. And way over initial budget, at least. Mm. There are issues with the way that project was funded by Texas Water Development Board uh, and the Department of Agriculture. And, you know, we, we had to have a certain number of connections before you could consider any future development. And they're struggling to find those numbers. So if we're not careful and we put a lot of new development in that area just because there's a sewer system, 
we risk, you know, the 80% funding that's, that's been granted to us by uh, Texas Water Development Board, effectively, and uh, Department of Agriculture. So it's, it's just something, you know, if I'm elected, I'm going to get in there and look at that a lot closer and, and make sure that we don't jeopardize that, because now we're talking about a total project cost of $63 million, mm. of which, you know, 20 percent is the county and you know loans or or it's just through uh, usage fees and higher taxes that that's going to get paid back but the last thing we'd want to do is have to get stuck reimbursing uh you know texas water development board for 80 percent of the cost of 63 million bucks that's a big chunk of change so you know and i'm not saying that would happen but but we can't afford to let it happen so again we have to properly manage our development and, you know, if you really want to put high-density development, it, what better place than somewhere close to Kerrville where we already have all of the systems in place in terms of sewer, roads, you know, anything that's done on Loop 534 is probably a pretty good location. That's not overly stressed at this point. Um, just as an example, I'm not saying that's where it should go, but you always want to put your high-density de- developments closer to uh, wherever you've got the services. Yeah. Mr. So. Paces, if you are elected, what does your first 30 days look like? <laughs> well, this, this is an interesting opportunity because effectively, if you look at, you know, we, we have a primary runoff, right? So on May 24th, that evening, we'll know the results. And if you win the primary, great. You still have to go through the process in November and be elected. But there is no opponent Right, it's on uncontested the so at that point. Yeah, effectively, yeah, it's uncontested, pretty much a sure in. Mm. So, uh, what I'm saying is, you have, you know, six nine months, yeah, okay, eight months, to start meeting with all the department heads, really pour through the uh, the budget, and and you know, Judge Kelly just submitted a a new budget for initial pass and, and review, and they're going to be having workshops on the county's budget, which as much as possible, I'll I'll attend. Mm. So, you know, there's plenty of opportunity to get up to speed and, and see where the main issues are, hopefully scrutinize that budget and see if there's anything that we don't need or that might be duplication or, or so forth. I mean, as I say, I've got a lot of experience in prioritizing expenditures and, and tightening the belt, if you will. So I'm, I'll do all I can to avoid new taxes. All right. Especially right now, when you look at soaring inflation, I mean, that's a tax on everybody. And, and it, it is, yeah. It worst hits those who can least afford it. It does, yeah. So, I mean, it's painful enough to me when I fuel up the pickup truck, you know. Man, now with diesel prices over $5, everything else is going up. Uh, yeah, right? yeah. Well, everything, everything at the going grocery up, store is going up. You know, yeah, all of a sudden it's $200 to fill my truck. Yeah, yeah, and $200 to get three or four days worth of groceries. Yeah, yeah. It and, really and is. It, so, yeah. as I say, that, that's a tax, and, and the people that can least afford it are being hit the hardest. So, do you want to hit them with additional taxes? And a good example is we, we've got some uh, bond propositions that will be coming up in November for the county. Uh, the city just passed a massive bond of uh, yeah. $45 million. Well, that's a tax. Somebody's got to pay for that. It's a bad time to be hitting people with additional taxes, but now the county wants to Look at an additional twenty-eight to thirty million dollars, and, and I'm sorry, I can't support that right now. Not in this environment. Yes, there are some needs, so let's let's go through these propositions and strip out the the nice to haves, and and focus in on what's critical. 
you know, the ag barn roof leaks, apparently. Well, let's fix the roof. And they've identified some electrical problems. Well, let's sure fix those. I mean, that, that should be ongoing maintenance. I, I don't even know why that has to be mm. put off until we have a bond proposition to do so. But at this point in time, we probably can do without, you know, offices for the 4-H club and additional restrooms because the facility right next door is great. It's relatively new. Yeah. No reason we can't make do with that. And that's, that's the sort of thing we have to do for now. As so, far as you're, you're talking about cutting expenses, what, what are some of the expenses that you've looked at, at cutting? I'm, I'm not saying right now what I would cut. I'm just saying I would scrutinize okay. just look, that look in great everything. detail. Sure. I, you know, the problem with our budget, the county's budget, I should say, is a lot of it's the general fund. Most of it is personnel cost. So I'm not saying at this stage that, that heads are going to roll. No. But maybe we freeze hiring, for example. Um. And until things get better. So, no, I'm, I'm not going to come in and, and say uh, a lot of heads will roll. And, and I'm only one voice of five uh, on the commissioner's court if, if I'm successful. But it's the sort of conversation that we need to start having. Do we really need that? And, and again, they want to spend $15 million on the county courthouse. And some of that needs to be done. One, I would just like to strip out whatever we don't have to do and find a way to do it at a small fraction of the current uh, proposition. One major issue that we faced as a community yeah. lately uh, is there's not enough room at the Kerr County Animal Services. Yeah. Um, do you, have you thought about what you would do about that? Well, I have, in fact. That's I've, a good question. I have been out there. I, I visited the facility, and, and I talked to some of the employees. And, you know, that is one of the bond propositions, $6 million for a totally new facility. And, again, soaring inflation, number one. All of these propositions in this environment, I'm extremely skeptical that we have a firm scope of work that we could take right now today and get a firm bid from a contractor that would be done for the kind of money that they're talking about. You know, costs for everything are soaring. You know, any kind of materials that go into construction, wages for the people that are going to do the work. So when somebody came up with an estimate of $6 million a year ago, 5.7 is the number I've seen. I have zero confidence, you know, and and once you start something, well, then you're kind of committed. You've got to see it through. But look, I have been out there. Do they need work? Absolutely. But there's a lot of low cost things that could be done that would get, you know, the the 80 to 90 percent solution. For example, let's put in another kennel, just like the one that's out there. We could move the large animal shelter to the Spur 100 property behind the road and maintenance facility. That's where they wanted to put the new one anyway. Now, let's move the large animals out there. That, that can be done at minimal cost. It's just some fencing and a simple little shelter for those animals. Um, like I say, a, a, another one of these steel buildings, uh, the one that's there right now for the, uh, it's a dog kennel, basically. Perfectly fine. Let's duplicate that. And then you take the stuff that's in, in the, uh, well, it probably was a home at one time. Take the stuff, the kennels and so forth out of that, gut it, and, and let's... Uh, Let's modify that. We're, they say we need new offices and we need another restroom. That's, that's easy to do with an existing structure once you move that other stuff out. So, you know, I think we have to get creative. We have to save money. We can't further burden the people with higher taxes. So I'll be looking at everything in that sort of light. What, what's nice to have, that has to get parked. That's on hold. No, I'm sorry. What's a critical need? 
Oh, and another example was they were complaining about uh, the paint chipping on the on the kennels. Well, good. Let, let's strip all that paint off and tile them. That's cheap. Once you tile something like that, easy to maintain. You know, you can hose it down, and you never worry about paint chipping again. So I'm I'm yeah. amazed that nobody's even thought of that. It's, it doesn't take a genius. But there are, there are a lot of simple, low-cost things that could be done to, uh, again, address the 80% solution at least. And let's park the other until things are a lot better. Maybe the city grows enough that we can afford it at some point in time. Not today. For the voters that haven't met you, yeah, uh, this is your opportunity to talk to them. And, and uh, what would you like to say to those people who haven't met you about who you are? Well, kind of I've already said it. You know, again, first and foremost, I'm a Christian. You know, Jesus is my Savior, and, you know, what, what, what a, yeah, what yeah. a great uh, yeah. sacrifice he made, you know, and to, We're to both grant saved us too. his grace. Great. Um, otherwise, yeah, I'm a conservative, and I'm a fiscal conservative. But I've already stated, you know, I'm committed to serving the community. I've been truly blessed, um, more, more than I ever had a right to. But... Uh, on the other hand, I worked awfully darn hard all my career. And in fact, if anything, that's always been the secret to my success. Not that I'm, I started with nothing. So it wasn't that I was the smartest guy in the room. Okay, maybe second place there. But I sure was the hardest worker. And, and they loaded me up everywhere I ever went. They, they always gave me the hardest, the biggest, most difficult assignments because I delivered. And that's what I'm assuring that the voters you know, I will be the hardest working commissioner on the court and I'll deliver. So, and I have the track record that proves that. How many charmers are you looking at, at running? I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just get in there and do one and see what happens. You know, I, honestly, I don't know. The term's two years? No, it's four, four years. Four years. Four years term. All yeah. right. So, we'll, we'll see. Um, hey, Let's see what kind of an impact you can have in a four-year period and, and then decide, you know, maybe they won't want me <laughs> the next time. You know, I, I don't know, but I would like to think they will just because I'm going to do a fantastic job for the folks. So let's say that, that somebody's having an issue. Yeah. Uh, are you going to be accessible? How accessible Absolutely. will you be to, to your constituents out there? Well, I am already accessible 24-7. Because I'm a volunteer firefighter, we have an app you on are, our phone. Yeah. It's called the Active Alert app. When this sucker goes off, you got to respond. Now, look, if I'm yeah. in commissioner's court or something where I can't, you're unavailable. But otherwise, you know, they're expecting a response. And, and the people whose house is burning or the traffic accident, you know, they're expecting people to respond. And, and I'm so proud of our volunteer fire department. There are a lot of other great ones out there, but recently you know, we have some uh, of the best performance of any of the volunteer fire departments in the County. ESD funding kicks in at the end of this year. At I the believe. end of this year. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And center point, uh, as uh, many local volunteer fire yeah. departments or ESDs were voted and approved. I don't think there was one that was a voted no on, uh, for the ESDs. I think they were all, yeah. all yeah. yeses across the board, but what sure. about other kinds of emergency funding? Where do you feel? Well, we, we typically get grants yeah. from various agencies and, you know, through their generosity, LCRA, Stevens, Peterson, uh, the Calu Theater. You know, some of these organizations have, have been extremely generous. And, and so we're always looking to see if there's an opportunity to pick up some more. Because otherwise, you know, 
we have never been able to buy a brand new piece of equipment. We're always relying on grants to enable us to get new equipment, or we relied on the generosity of the city of Kerrville for it's our fire cheap. engine. It is not no, cheap at no. all. Yeah. You know, a, a fire engine is over a million bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it all depends what you want on it. It can be a lot more than a million bucks. Yeah. We need to get the Kalu in here. So uh, they absolutely. do a lot for the community. Yeah, and they I, do. They I do. haven't, I, I haven't reached out to so them. much and that most people we, we are grateful. About. Yeah. We are grateful for that. Uh, it, it's just the nice thing about an ESD is it guarantees us some revenue. Yeah. And then we can actually start taking out loans to go buy equipment on our own and not, not be subject to whether they had a good year or not, whether they have funds available to give us a grant. And, and let's face it, most of them can't give you a grant of a million bucks. Right. That, that's right, typically yeah. not the practice. You know, we're, we're, we feel great if we get, you know, $25,000 to $50,000 out of one of these folks. And I know, I know so, the Center Point Volunteer Fire Department and all the volunteer fire departments sure. are extremely grateful oh, for all ab- of that. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And, I mean, and you guys, I mean, you guys do, it's amazing what y'all do. Yes, sir. At Center Point Volunteer Fire Department. I mean, it really is. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter when the call comes out, y'all That's are there. Right. That's right. You know, it doesn't matter funding or no funding. You'll find the funding to make it happen. Luckily, you've had the funding for the most part. Well, uh, I mean, we, gonna... we have relied on the generous contributions of our community. You know, we have our annual fundraisers, the barbecue in July and the fish fry in October. And, and our our community has been extremely generous, especially the last few years, so that they've at least covered all of our operating expenses. Now, that never gives us enough money to buy new equipment, right? other than the little stuff, obviously, the, the new bunker gear or whatever but uh no it's it's the generous contributions of our community members who, who turn out for these events or from time to time people just send us in a, a very generous donation and uh, that that's what we rely on because the county doesn't give us very much i think we get like last year it was thirty two thousand five hundred dollars from kerr county which doesn't know, go very ba- far basically that covers our insurance yeah <laughs> i mean so, that was a big mess a couple of years ago, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, it doesn't go far, as you say. So, All right, John, do you have any more questions? Um, no, we're, we're just happy to have you on. We, Absolutely. You know, we, we, we don't do too many podcasts in the political world. And I want sure. I want our future guests to know um, that it wasn't so bad, was it, Mr. Paces? No, no, no not bad at all. <laughs> so, you, you, know, guys, it, you guys have been uh, gracious hosts. Yeah, so, so, uh, so if yeah. y'all want to come on, curvilpodcast.com, curvilpodcast at gmail.com. And, um, you know, it's not bad. We, we, we get you on and we, tr- we focus on the value that you provide. And uh, that's, that's what we're about. All right. Uh, All right. So the runoff is May 24th, 2022. Yeah. Early voting starts next Monday, 16th through the 20th. All right. So it kicks Youth off event center. five days from now. That's right. Yeah, five days from now. And, and uh, hey, for the audience, if they want more information, go to richpaces.com. I've yeah. got a comprehensive web- website, a lot of information there. I do have a Facebook page. Rich Paces for County Commissioner. You can go there as well, but the the website's better. Lots of blogs that have detailed information on my positions. If you could say anything to the people of Kerr County Precinct 2, why should they vote Rich Paces for Kerr County Commissioner Precinct 2? Well, as I mentioned, because I will work harder than anyone else, and because I'm a fiscal conservative, I'm focused on keeping our taxes down, and I'll also be working real hard on the whole water availability versus excessive growth or uncontrolled growth and development. And to me, that's our biggest issue. So I think we need a candidate that's you know, capable of doing that. And people need to look at, you know, the qualifications. 
and real-life experience. We should expect more from our commissioners. All right. All right. Rich Paces for Kirk County Commissioner Precinct 2. Thank you so much for coming in this morning. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, UGRA will be our uh, for episode number 69 of the Kerrville podcast. Speak of the devil. Yep. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah, what are the odds? Timing. All right. So uh, th- well, thank you very you much, Mr. Paces. And, uh, yeah, CurvillePodcast.com is the web address. You can also get this, just type Curville Podcast into your Apple device on podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify. We're on Facebook, and we're also on YouTube, and as well as CurvillePodcast.com. John, you got anything else before we get out of here real quick? Thanks to Michaela, we're everywhere. You can't you can't avoid us. Hey, you got to be everywhere. We're on you your really phone. Do. Yeah. yeah, we are. Yeah. Yep. All so right. you can also sign up and subscribe to where you'll get a notification on your phone every time a new podcast drops, which yeah. uh, right now we're at two to three a week. So uh, a lot of Kerrville podcasts, there's a lot of stuff going on in Kerrville that we need to talk about. You know, it's really important. So, uh, again, thank you so much, Rich. Do appreciate yeah. you coming in. We'll be back tomorrow with episode number 69 of the Kerrville podcast. Wow.